Hello, everyone. This is Sean Harwell, and you are listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and hopefully some of yours. I'm joined again today by my fill-in, but I mean, it feels like you've made a permanent home in our hearts. Brian Crane, say hello and how are you? Hello. I'm doing great. Uh, feeling very uh, juggalo today. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. After <laughs> after watching our film. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, excited about to talk about this one. Okay, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about with this one, I suspect. And of course, the movie we're going to talk about is Animal World from 2018. Hopefully, you listened to that tee up. We're going to China this month and going to watch some very recent Chinese films. Both of the ones we're talking about this month are streaming on Netflix. So go watch it if you haven't. Go check out neverheardpodcast.com if you haven't done that in a while because uh, we've got trailers, posters, links, everything you need there up and running and ready for your clicking fingers. Brian, where do you listen to this podcast when you listen to this podcast? I find all sorts of places. Usually I use my little podcast app, but okay. um, sometimes, yeah. as I've mentioned before, I like to just type my name into Spotify mm -hmm. and it just pops up. That's oh, cool. does it really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Very yeah. Nice. I mean, I have to type in more stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, not just my own name. I think you know, I have to type in like never heard comma Brian Crane, but it comes up. That's cool. Have you tried like any crossover like Brian Crane, Justin Bieber, any kind of mixtape action? No, okay. I haven't. I haven't. But our uh, collaboration hasn't dropped yet. That's, oh, okay. That's yeah. in August. But um, sweet. I have been seeing some of that, you know, percolating on the web. Uh, but really just those two places. But I know there's so many other places that you could right, listen to the podcast. Absolutely. We're there. So go find us wherever you want to listen and subscribe. Reviews are appreciated, but not necessary because how could we possibly enforce that That's anyway true. brian yes it's been a little while since i asked you this question but before we kick off into animal world zaniness mm -hmm. i want to know if you've seen anything else of note lately sir i'm so glad you asked that i did see a movie i saw a um, a small independent feature that released over the weekend called spider-man far from home oh yeah labor of labor of love sure. i don't know how they managed to raise the financing for it but they did and god bless them all right how was it i thought the previous one was was pretty darn good oh and so you're ahead of me because i i still i just never managed to, to oh. see homecoming even though i heard such good things yeah you being the michael keaton fan that you are i thought that would i am or... i'm i'm really looking forward to homecoming so you but... were really just completely confused probably during yeah i had no idea who anybody was i <laughs> yeah. was like who is why is he wearing a mat yeah. no it it was a solid movie you know i always thought it was a little problematic that they took spider-man out of new york okay yeah that's where he he does his thing so he does he goes to europe he goes to prague and all this stuff and and it, you know it's a diverting movie and there are lots of fun and cool things that happen but at the end you're just kind of like okay that that was a lot of sound and fury i won't say it's signifying nothing but it it was no it was no end game and i will say this without giving anything away if you're a nerd uh, who has read the comics before <laughs> yeah. as 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 am i there are certain twists that that are not going to be surprising to you at all because it's so ingrained in the comics but if you're you know fresh to that and if you are good good for you you haven't wasted so much of your so life as probably most of their audience is at this point that's suspect, probably right yeah I, I do and i think that was the calculation the executives made yeah so for them i'm sure it was a shocking thing and i'm glad they enjoyed it but for us it was just like kind of watching a train 
coming down the tracks at you for like an hour and then you're like, okay, here it is. Here there okay. is the train. Yeah. It's coming. Okay. It hit me. Great. So you're not a big train watcher then, huh? You're not sitting around. No, no. I, 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 some people are I, into that. I like you know? to be, <laughs> I like to be surprised by the train and be hit by it at oh, the very okay. last second wow. rather than watch it come all the way down the track. So that, that's how that was. But you know, better than Spider-Man three. Okay. And, Better than the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, I would say. And remind me, have you seen Into the Spider-Verse? I have seen Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. I mean, that's a completely different animal than... It is, it is. How about, how about you? Did you see anything? Well, funny enough, I actually watched a Marvel movie as well. Uh, because it doesn't oh, wow. happen that frequently, but my nephew was staying with us for a week. And you know, mm-hmm. each night we would watch a little bit of a movie. And so we watched uh, Avengers Infinity War, okay. yet, which I had not seen. And... Anything I say about it is is basically a moot point because also have not seen any Captain America movie except for the first one, I don't believe. And oh, really? yeah, okay. I know there's just some stuff I've missed. Although I did see Age of Ultron, so I think that was the previous Avengers movie, right? Yeah, that was that was yeah, that okay. was the second Avengers movie. So mm-hmm. I had a funny experience with this movie and then again, like breaking it up after the first night, I remember thinking man, there's some really good fight choreography going on in this thing. Like, you know, it kind of starts with a bang here. You got Thanos and whoever that other weirdo is with them. But (laughs) these fights that are happening, like they feel consequential, right? And I'm like, it's like, oh, yeah, completely. Our superiors are getting their butt kicked here. Yeah. I knew there was a long runtime, but I really didn't realize just how long of a runtime. So by the end of it, I was like, I kind of feel like, that's all the movie was for me. Like, and I was talking about this with another writer. I was like, I don't, I would like to see the script and that I wonder if like, if you just remove the fight sequences, if you would even yeah. have like 45, 50 pages of actual scripts. <laughs> wow. it, it just, it felt like that to me, like a lot, like a yeah. big time. And uh, there are so many characters now. So, so yeah. many that, I, you know, I just right. found myself like, ah, oh, poor Don Cheadle and, and Anthony Mackie. Like, what are you like that? There's just oh, I know. They're just throwaways in this movie. Nothing yeah. To do. yeah. I, I, certainly an interesting ending, obviously one that I kind of was aware of by this point, uh, but still kind of played out differently than I expected and was, was sort of interesting mm-hmm. to watch. And yeah, yeah I, I think I, I'm in for, for Endgame. I think I definitely, the interest level is there for me to check that one out. Oh, great. Get to that whenever it pops up somewhere for me to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Endgame is, Endgame is worth watching uh, all, all in one sitting. And I, I don't know, I, I kind of know what you mean about just like kind of a grueling runtime. And I, I think you, there may be some of that in Endgame. You may experience the same, similar feelings. But now I'm prepared at least. Yeah. Yeah. You just know that it's going to be, you know, an experience and they do some, just like with uh, Infinity War, they, they do some interesting, uh, unexpected things. I, I, there was a lot of that movie that I didn't see coming, cool. which was kind of cool for a comic book movie. Definitely. Two others I'll get to quickly. I watched a saying on Netflix called Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. Do you know anything about this, this documentary? I do not. I've seen it pushed in other places and it was like the very first thing at the top of my Netflix app. Okay. Man, I want to warn anybody who's going to get around to this. It is not a good documentary. And yet the subject is fascinating. Like it, I just, oh. by the end of it, I was like, God almighty. Like I wish Werner Herzog could have made this movie because it would have been good. <laughs> right. Because there's this guy who's went public in the 80s about the, the work that he did for the government and claims that basically he was hired to reverse engineer a flying saucer, like to try and understand what it was that allowed this 
this vehicle to fly. And right. he at first went public with that anonymously, actually, in on the Vegas news network. Um, but then, you know, since put his name out there. And yeah, there's some certain things that are verified as far as his appointment there goes and, and things that have happened since he said the things that he said that have kind of been proven mm -hmm. at least credible to a degree. And, yeah. you know, he just hasn't wavered in his story for 30 years. And he's an extremely smart guy. And so he's just compelling to watch. But the movie is so okay. ridiculously repetitive because oh, yeah, really? they just didn't have enough there. And you can feel the stretching. Uh, I think it's worth seeing, but just know it may drive you crazy a little bit. Okay. And then I watched, finally, I finally got around to watching this Jim Jarmusch movie, Only Lovers Left Alive with Tom Hiddleston and uh, what's her face? Tilda Swinton. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, it's from 2013. They played vampires. And, you know, it's, oh. it's a Jarmusch movie, so it's not, you know, this is definitely not Dracula or Twilight or anything like that. <laughs> right. I mean, they're basically a couple, but they're living apart and they come together like over the course of a weekend. It's funny at times. And then there's just, I don't know, there's just like this air of coolness to it, I think, that was really, really good. It's really, really interesting and a killer ending, like a great last line and last shot, which, oh, nice. you know always helps you know he's got that new movie that's like a zombie movie out right now yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask you if it had had what you perceive to be a similar tone to that zombie movie. well it does not yeah just based on that okay. trailer which i i was kind of lukewarm on just because it seemed a little silly to me the zombie one yeah yeah so i don't know i don't know i'm, I'm hoping there's maybe more there than just was in the trailer but i do want to see it yeah it's interesting to, to think that jim jarmusch um <laughs> has is, is having like a a monster period in his filmography you know what i mean two monster movies i, mean, I don't know if they're in a row or not i don't but, think so you know, i'm sure he did something between 2013 and 2019 that i'm blanking on okay. i would hope so okay. i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah hopefully so let's move on then and talk about animal world attention everyone let me first provide you with some information on the interpretation headsets if you want someone to hear you just add his number to your channel next let's talk about the bag in your hand it contains 12 cards inserted with the images of rock, scissors, or paper. Four cards of each image. Your bag also contains three five-pointed stars, which you all need to wear on your arms. The rules of the game are the same as you always played. Please, watch the demonstration. Once again, this is a movie from 2018, written and directed by Han Yan. And starring Lee Yifeng, Michael Douglas, yes, the Michael Douglas, Zhu Dong Yu. As an aside, we've talked a little bit off the record about, you know, the order of the, the surname and as it translates yeah. from Mandarin and the, and the Chinese world, you know, IMDb has it one way, everywhere else seems to have it a different way. So if we mix them up, very sorry, but hopefully yeah. people know what we mean. <laughs> we, I'm sure yes. we will mix them up uh, repeatedly in this episode. Yeah, we'll go back and forth, <laughs> so we, we offend everybody. It'll yes, we will. <laughs> this is a movie. I don't have the log line in front of me, so I feel like I'm challenged to actually come up with it on my own. Oh, here, yuck. About a young man yeah. whose mother, sadly, is in a coma, and he is struggling to pay for her hospital bills because he works... I believe as a clown at an arcade uh, who takes pictures with yeah. the kids and as you might imagine, doesn't pay that well. He makes a deal with a friend who's into real estate 
And then that friend turns out to have scammed him out of a bunch of money <laughs> tied up to the sale bit. of his apartment. And so suddenly he finds himself on the wrong side of the coin for one Michael Douglas, who yes. I guess is a, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he's like a, a mortgage lender or what, what his like day job is. <laughs> He's definitely Coldwell Banker, I think. That's 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 kind of his whole Yeah. Um, oh geez. Uh, but yeah. that's mainly a front for I guess his hobby is finding people who <laughs> owe him money and forcing them to board a ship so they can be on international waters and play a game of rock, paper, scissors that involves cards, essentially yes. to the death. Although not quite as Hunger Games or Battle Royale. You know, a couple of people are going to make it off of this boat, right? Right. That you may find yourself asking. Uh, <laughs> a lot of questions. Namely, <laughs> what does that have to do with any sort of animals? Yeah. But I want to just know what you thought of this experience in general, Brian. In a word, it's fascinating. There were times in this movie where I was happier to be watching a movie than I can oh, wow, remember. good. Like, yeah, I'm just like, holy cow, this is great. This is right up my alley. And there are other times where I'm just so different from this movie's target audience where I, I just feel like I'm kind of an anthropologist <laughs> watching, you know, like a, a different uh -huh. cultures, like, you know, creative expression or something. Overall, I liked it. I thought uh, what, what it, it, it just made me think of a lot was how would an American version of this look? Interesting. Yeah. And I was just like, I think that could be very cool. I, I thought it was illuminating in sort of telling me what, because I know this did really well in China, uh, appeals to the kind of like the mass Chinese audience. Yeah. And also it was just like, which things are universal. There's some, just some stuff in there where it's just like, this is good cinema wherever you go. I was confused by some things, but I think overall it was like a fun movie going experience. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I'm still sort of like right in the middle, I think. I, I can okay. agree with a lot of what you're saying. And then also I feel somewhat to one of the reviews that we, we read from, a little disappointed, I think. Had I not seen the trailer, yeah, I don't know if I would have felt that way because... And I didn't, so I don't know. Maybe that's the difference. I think that not, that might be a fair bit of advice for anybody who's yet to see this thing. Um, but now, of course, they'll, they'll know a lot more about it having sure. listened to this, but... It just wasn't quite what I expected. And mm -hmm. again, note, some of the, the deviations from that were utterly fascinating. I mean, specifically, we were talking about like, yeah, the anthropological side of it. And like <laughs> yeah. looking as a culture, there's entire segments of this film that are almost 100% like watching the part of a video game where they explain the rules to you, you know? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, completely. Every time they go into a bit of like game theory or game strategy for this rock, mm -hmm. paper, scissors game, these, these yeah. characters, it brings up a very familiar screen that, I mean, it almost looks like the menu screen of a video game. Yeah, um, it does. You see the cards, you see these numbers, and they're explaining to you what they're thinking. And there are various moments where I just, I noticed games, you know, yeah. from the fact that this main character, uh, Zhang, works in an arcade. Yeah. There's times where he's playing a game on his phone in the hospital. I think he even does Sudoku uh, in a newspaper, yeah. right? That's right. He does. Yeah. When he's, when he's bored at the arcade. Yep. So I, I, I kind of like you, I like found myself wondering, like, okay, so how much is this 
for the audience and like that segment of the audience that they expected to come in this movie, which again, I think we talked about is probably like a teenage crowd and yeah. how much of this is really for the benefit of the story. Right. It does help because they're setting up the fact that this guy is a gamer and he works in a gaming environment. So when he's suddenly on a boat <laughs> playing rock, right. paper, scissors for his life, you don't question necessarily why he's so capable at the strategy of this game. Right. And I think what's interesting is like, like the stuff where they're explaining. So, so just to, to, to orient everybody that when they get on the boat, it's like Michael Douglas lays out the rules of this crazy rock, paper, scissors card game where everybody has exactly the same chance. Mm -hmm. They just have to play each other with these cards and like they get stars or they lose stars. They have to they have to have no cards and three stars, at least three stars in order to advance and, and get out. And so it's like you can get you can get loans. Yep. And but then the, the loans there, the interest is like uh, like calculated every hour. So it's like there were a number of things that made zero sense to me. But what was interesting was were those almost video game screens where they're explaining stuff like sometimes the characters had like a placard. Yeah. That was not in the movie, but was sort of on the screen for you to see saying how many stars and how many cards they had. So you mm -hmm. were like oriented as to where things were. And I just love that. And I, I loved when they, they started getting into game theory. It's like, oh, this is everyone is playing balanced. Yep. And so they're like they're showing how many rock, paper, scissors cards there were in total and what their strategy was. That was when I was so happy to watch this movie because I was like, this game is completely alien to me. Like I know rock, paper, scissors, but rock, paper, scissors in this format is, is just like reinventing the entire game. Like I totally wanted a, a set of those cards. It even just made me want to play the normal version of rock, paper, scissors and like try to try to be good at it because you're like, oh, yeah. let me think about this. But yeah, exactly. yeah by putting yeah. a finite number on the options and like the number of times that you can go back to rocks or go back to scissors, like it does completely change the game to a point where like, I can't believe this doesn't exist. Right. And it was so fascinating coming in, like in the middle of this kind of, I don't know, uh, a little, little meandering, like you're not sure where things are going. It's like this movie on the boat is like a completely different movie than the movie that precedes it. Completely. And you're like not expecting it. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm into this new movie. Yeah. I was only so, so into this other movie, but right. I'm definitely into this movie and I'm glad this is where the rest of this thing's going to take place. So uh, it was just a lot of fun, that, that, that whole that whole section. And I don't disagree with you on the discrepancy between the two. I think at the end of the day, I still wish there had been a way to just kind of make it all work. You know, like yeah, re totally. just sort of pull that first act into the rest of the movie a little bit so they're not quite so distinct. But exactly. that said, I do wonder if they thought about the appeal of this movie to a Western audience because of the game. And maybe that's why they went out after Michael Douglas and, yeah. you know, who knows how, how this is doing on Netflix in America. Maybe one day we'll find out. But yeah, maybe I don't necessarily know that it's our generation unless, I don't know, if you were heavily into Dungeons and Dragons. But, you know, the Pokemon, uh, Magic the Gathering. I mean, there's just been a plethora of like these card-based games. That's a good point. In the That's past 20 point. years. Yeah, like I played one with a different nephew than the one I watched the movie with. He's a little bit older. Like two years ago, yeah. he got his card game for Christmas. And I, I, to this day, could not tell you a single thing I did in that game. And we played for like an hour and a half. It was so really? complicated. Uh, I just, like, I could not feel like this made way more sense to me. But there's a huge segment of a population out there, or at least a, 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 enough of a segment, I think, that would be 
100% into this, like that part of this movie. Yeah, that's and it could a good be young. Point like, of, yeah, it could be yeah. very young. Something else that that you brought up last week, I think was was the big part of my just overall takeaway. Yeah. You mentioned the special effects guy that worked on this thing. Ah, yeah. This movie, I mean, good Lord, like there is style seeping out of every pore <laughs> through this. Oh, thing. yeah. Any possible camera device you could imagine slow motion you got the bullet time sort of freeze thing your cgi into the eye of a seagull at one point yeah it is dripping with effects yeah. work and it looks yeah. like it was made for 400 million dollars or something i mean it looked amazing yeah and it was sean friedberg yeah that's right who was who was the, the effects guy yeah totally agree with that it was the the style on that was was crazy but I, I don't know what your take on all that imagery was well what did you think of all that stuff the biggest thing was just Im- impressed like kind of as you yeah. mentioned like if you're coming into this thinking ah, this is chinese action movie okay and mm-hmm. it's not john woo it's not hong kong yeah what is it what am i gonna get here is it gonna look <laughs> cheap is it gonna look right. like it's not able to sort of stand toe-to-toe with uh, an american film yeah throw those concerns in the garbage because yeah it's completely void i think yeah i thought of uh, edgar wright a number of times particularly scott pilgrim oh yeah that's a good comparison there was a, a car chase sequence where a character gets knocked off of a, uh, a motorcycle and like you just sort of follow the motorcycles it like slow-mo goes through like five different buildings. Yeah. It's just all these little things like that. So yeah, my view on all that was just, okay, here they are like planting their flag saying, we're absolutely yeah. ready to compete with Hollywood. Our stories are going to look a little bit different perhaps for our audience than they are like what you guys are making. But that right. side of the thing is like, yeah, they're, they're there. I mean, for sure. Oh, definitely. And, but, but to, to that, like that, that was, it was during those sort of sequences where I kind of got into like anthropological mode where I'm just like, this is, you know, you just saw all the money on the screen. You're like, what a waste because <laughs> it, it was, it, it was like, it, it meant nothing. It was like, even the car chase yep. meant nothing. It was all, it was all in his mm-hmm. head. And you're like, come on, that would never fly in an American movie. Like, but it's like, it's like, you know, for them, I think that they're, they're still kind of going through some of those tropes and they're not uh, hackneyed yet. So it's like, they, they don't, they don't mind getting surprised. Like, Oh, it never really happened. Whereas we're, we, you know, anyone with us was like grown, like, Oh, that was, that was like five minutes of, of nothing where the, the plot advanced, not at right. all. And, and then some, some of the things that they, they would do where they just kind of go on and on and they, and then they'll, like you, they'll have that crazy shots and you'll see these, this amazing CG detail. And you're like, how many kids could that, that, that shot have fed? Oh, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I didn't the, think about know, that the, at the, all. Thanks. Because, yeah. Just because, no, right. because yeah. it was, it, it didn't, it didn't do anything for the story. So I thought like, okay, this must be something that sort of Chinese audiences are really into. They like that sort of, you know, free form imagistic, just show me spectacle, just show me kind of crazy stuff. And so Han Yan was like, I'm going to serve it up. And, and he does. And, and, it, and it looks amazing. But, you know, for, for me, I, the, the stuff where the effects are going towards advancing the story or, or underlining some part of the story, those are strong. Everything else kind of felt like a showreel for Friedberg or for, for the director or yeah. whomever. I found those, the, those sections 
more tiresome and, and kind of more fascinating in a way, just like th- this is what is something that's sort of wanted by, you know, Chinese mainstream audiences. Perhaps. Right. And I, I do think like there could have been a healthy marriage of the two if there had been a little more story to attach them to some of those sequences. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And we'll get to that in a second. Like, But the last thing I wanted to say just on the effects and what you were talking about, I, I found myself wondering how much of that actually was a Japanese influence because of, mm. you know, knowing that the manga is like the medium uh, of inspiration for this uh, entire experience. Right. And that's even, a good point. Like the movie opens on a television that's showing a, uh, a manga, like our anime of this clown samurai, basically. Yeah. And yeah, killer clown, that yeah. transitions to being actual, you know, cinemascope anime, like a version of that. And then it influences other things. But I don't know, like that sort of like frenetic energy from that particular genre it felt like it's, it's in some of those sequences for sure. And then like the yeah. other borrowing, like the Zack Snyder kind of like in the matrix sort of style yeah. of it too, you know? Yeah, completely. You could see all those mm-hmm. influences and in, in all those shots are like, yeah, like you said, like bullet time, the, the slow-mo kind of some, some, um, John Woo yeah. kind of slow-mo mm-hmm. action stuff. You saw some influences there. It, it was kind of a, a, a pastiche of, of, you know, big American action movies. I, I thought a lot of those yeah. shots. But Zack, Zack Snyder is a good, mm-hmm. a good comparison. But I, I well. did appreciate that even though like, yeah, like story-wise, there wasn't a lot to some of it. It felt like it was still done within the vein of comedy, I think. And a lot of those, like mm-hmm. a lot of the style at least had like a slightly humoristic edge to it. You know, there'd be one little shot, Very which true. is nice. I don't know. It just it helped yeah. lighten things up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk about that opening then kind of laid the groundwork here a little bit. I alluded to it before, but yes, our transition from that, opening tv and seeing this cartoon about a you know vigilante clown superhero mm-hmm. great transition shot you know there's like the clown is on a roof and i think there was like a crack of thunder or something and then boom we're at live action there's this guy yeah he's got the makeup on and you'll see it uh in our episode artwork from last time and he's on a rooftop and i'm just like okay i guess th- this is a clown superhero movie of some sort. <laughs> we even get, yeah, I, I was... believe, some Franklin-esque uh, narration here, voiceover, where, um, yeah. you know, of course, we're reading it here because it's in, uh, you know, Cantonese. Yeah, in Chinese, the subtitle. Yeah. Um, it says, I am crazy. Seriously, I am really crazy. And there's like no treatment for this illness. It's hopeless. And I, I don't know, like that's a, that's a tough place to start with a character, right? It's like, yeah. I'm saying they're crazy yeah. and like, but basically the extent of his quote unquote craziness is that, you know, his like, I guess, young adult life here, he has sort mm-hmm. of had these sequences where he imagined himself as a clown getting mm-hmm. justice on people that tend to, in these visionary sequences, turn into animal-esque monsters of sorts. And he yes, you know, slices good. open with yeah. a sword or I can't remember if there were guns involved That's or not. Rainbow of blood. Each one has a different color blood and it all gushes and it's all very, you know, vibrant and gory and, and, and kind of, you know, ugly, beautiful in a way. Yeah. Very over the top, certainly. And then we cut to that guy. He's in the clown makeup and he's just daydreaming at his day job at the arcade. And we find out, yeah, he's not really paying attention. He's supposed to be taking a picture with kids. But the next thing you know, like there's a guy across from him and then he's imagining that guy turning into a weird monster. And then he keeps like ending up on a subway or like a train. 
and killing yeah. monsters on the train. <laughs> killing, yeah. Yeah. Doing like these kind of like uh, matrix esque yeah. kind of like, you know, killing sequences of these en- endless litany of monsters on the subway. Yeah. They're not flash sequences. They don't happen quickly. Right. Like they certainly no. add to the running <laughs> length of this movie. They do, but perhaps not to the story. Yeah. <laughs> But in the arcade, we find out that, yeah, his buddy is there and he's like talking to him about selling the apartment. The apartment, we find out, is the only thing that our main character, Zhang, his father left him when his father died. They never really explain the death, I don't think. Or, well, I guess, yeah, we do. We find out later on. But do yeah. we, did we learn how his mother ended up in a coma? Was that connected? No, I, I, I don't think. That's a question. Like, and, and, uh, you know, I know we'll get to that at the very, when we discuss the end, but it's like, no, we don't, they don't talk about it, but I think that it's alluded that they are connected. I think in a way, maybe they say how long she's been in a coma. I don't, I don't remember that. number. I don't either. Uh, I think, I think they do mention it, but that, that would put it together because I guess he's like, his character is like 24, 25. And I think, uh, he must've been like eight or nine. So surely, It wasn't that long that she was in a coma. Right. I think from that arcade setting, we then do go to the hospital where we see his mother is in basically, you know, a a communal room. And he is very upfront with a nurse there. And we find out later that this is uh, Liu King, played by Zhu Dongyu. Mm -hmm. I had saluted that they've known each other for quite a long time. And, you know, he's asking her to borrow money to help pay for this hospital bill. She works. I mean, yeah, it, he, he definitely does not come across as very sympathetic. I found that very interesting. I was like, he's like such a, like a mm-hmm. cad, you know, it's like he wants to borrow money. He's not very nice to her. He kind of yeah. teases her and, and he kind of guilts her into giving um, him money. And then he has that whole thing where he beats the hell out of a patient. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, th- this is a dream sequence. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, I, I think that actually happened. Where are the police? Do they not show up for these sorts of okay. things? Liu King is, is trying to work. You know, she's sympathetic to this guy who, you know, we find out a little bit later, she's actually got very strong feelings towards him right. and vice versa. It's, it's clear. Yeah. But at one point, she's paged by a patient in a room and he says he needs a glycerin enema, yes. or at least that is how it's translated. Yep. And you can hear snickering yeah. from the rest of the people. And she goes in there and like, yeah, he's putting his butt up in the air. <laughs> and like, they're laughing. It's just like, yeah. how far is he prepared to go with this joke? Like, yeah. what is the joke here? And like, what? how far is she prepared? You know, and so, yeah, Zhang is like, can't you, don't you know that they're, they're making fun of you? Right. Like, they're, this is a ridiculous. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was that set him off, but yeah, he explodes and like punches the guy in the face. And- but doesn't, doesn't he like, doesn't he flash his face, flash to like the clown makeup for a minute? Does yes. that happen? So yeah, I, I feel like- You that, think it's a dream sequence, yeah, right? So yeah, he's going into a dream sequence and just like the, uh, the car chase, and then like you, you're dealing with the aftermath and you're, you know, he's wrapping up his hand and, you know, his, his girlfriend, Liu King is, is sort of getting a, a talking to in a way by a friend saying, why are you wasting your time with this guy? And they're alluding to this assault. And I'm just like, okay, I don't understand this. It's, it's like, uh, if you go into a hospital and beat up a patient, like, aren't there consequences? So I, I didn't, you know, some of, some of that stuff just didn't, didn't track. Yeah. And I was just like, is, is that a thing where they just don't call the Chinese police because 
they'll just take you away and disappear you or something like that. Like I, I didn't understand that aspect of that, of the plot, but. Well, and very simply, she could have done something to prevent the police from coming because she does have feelings for him, but we don't see that, you know, it's right. really left out. I right. mean, you know, in America, yeah, you, like there's no way you're getting around that because a patient would just, the, person, <laughs> yeah. the victim. And everyone, everyone else would say, why are the cops coming? Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, there's a whole room full of people that witnessed this. And so, what, what was uh, also weird was that um, the movie didn't take more pains to show, to justify her very strong feelings for him. Right. I like how she played it. I thought the performance is good. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I was with you. I was like, I, I don't know. I need a little bit more <laughs> yeah. like, this is an odd couple to say the least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, a little more would go a long way, most likely. Yeah. And he wasn't, he, it was surprising because those are like some some good times to make your main character a little more sympathetic, you know, get your audience rooting for him. And they're like, nah, we don't need to do that. Let's, let's just kind of make him a jerk a little bit. I also wondered some of this stuff, just like how cultural it is about class, I guess, because- mm. Yeah. Somehow the discussion of marriage came up. I think Jing says something about you should just marry somebody better than me or something. I don't remember what it was. Right. right. She says something about having met the man she loves long ago, but he won't marry her. Right. And I just kind of took that as like, okay, like he is never going to feel worthy of her. That's as long as he's working in a in an arcade. <laughs> right. Sort of like an old fashioned kind of Oh, like, I don't think that's impression. like a thing for Western culture these days as much. As, like, no, definitely you know, not. I can't, I can't propose to my girlfriend until I, you know. Until I'm worthy uh, enough of her, of her love. Yeah, I've, and, you know, earned X amount of money or something like that. And, and, you know, it was also interesting culturally just how chaste they were together. I mean, yeah. they never kiss. Like yeah. they, they just, they just embrace warmly. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the extent of it. Uh, and I guess it'd be interesting to know what kind of restrictions there are on whether that's imposed by the audience, what their expectations yeah. are, or whether the government is saying, you know, we, we don't want to see that. Um, if you want a movie to go wide essentially in China, then it can't have this or this or that. So that was interesting that's too. I thought. Very good question. Yeah. I may have to look into that for our next discussion because I think that's going to get into that subject matter even more. So, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm looking at IMDb in this movie. It says it's not rated, but I, again, we know I think it was intended for a teen audience. So, Okay. Uh, that may have something to do with it as well, but you'll have to look into the rating systems over there. I didn't even think about that. But after this, Zheng is left alone with his mother. And, ah, there was kind of a nice moment where he breaks down and he, he does ask the question is like, will there ever be an end to this? Um, right. Which I, you know, I think that's a pretty heavy question and certainly part of the burden of taking care of your parents in that situation. Oh, sure. From that, that sort of motivates his decision to call the real estate buddy and agree to sell. You get a nice little cut to where they're back in the hospital and, and using the comatose mother's finger to put on a legal document. Yeah, right. all, all on the up and up. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, OK, I love those little moments of humor. I mean, that's a pretty dark thing there. Yeah. I like that. And yeah, same. the buddy leaves and there's... <laughs> In, we gotta instantly. About, yeah. We got to talk about this guy who I don't even know how to find him on the credits here. So I'm not going to bother with it. Yeah. I, I'm not sure which guy this guy was, but I know who you're talking about. There is a Chinese man who is dressed in black leather, wearing sunglasses in the hospital. Yep. He has longish hair that is completely shaved on the sides and has tattoos of what kind of looks like a circuit board. Yep. on either side of his head and maybe a little bit even on his face there. Yeah. Anyway, the guy leaves. He gets a frantic voicemail from his buddy saying, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I'll do anything up, anything to make it up to you if I have a chance. And he gets cut off so he knows immediately something's gone wrong with this deal he just had. 
uh, to right. make some money to pay for his mother's health bills. And next thing you know, Zhang is being carried uh, with a bag over his head uh, into a place where he's set at the desk of Michael Douglas, <laughs> which, yeah, who the plays the character Anderson. Yep. As we discussed last time, and Michael Douglas kind of quickly launches into a uh, bit of the old uh, cash register con of uh, trying to throw way too many numbers at a person <laughs> for them to possibly keep up. The long and yep. short of it being your friend can't pay off the debt, so his debt will be yours. I still don't quite understand all of that. <laughs> no, I didn't understand that. Doesn't it was again, it was like it was like the cops, right? Yeah. You know, like like Michael Douglas essentially says, you know, based on all this, you can either work four jobs for 30 years or you can come on to where I'm going to take you onto a boat. I won't tell you what's going on. And, you know, you could pay off your debt. You could actually make some money or something bad could happen to you. But I won't tell you what. And you have 60 seconds to decide. And it's like, why does our hero Zenkai say Very good. does he feel feel he have no recourse in that moment why can't he just say you know what I'm gonna work the four jobs and then go leave not not be hurt and then go to the cops and say hey look I'm getting shaked down by like this weird white guy and his whole mafia I, I don't like help me let's go find him or something like that it's sort of like not alluded to I just I, I thought like the obviousness of his plight was not defined down enough like it, it i felt like it should have been you are not leaving this room unless you decide you are going to get on my boat or something like that you do do you know you know does that make sense do you know what i mean uh, yeah i mean i think that's like what's supposed to be hanging over his head they're supposed to feel like he doesn't really have a decision but yeah. at the same time it's like yeah well you could just do this for 30 years and it was kind of like in that may not be enough to pay for your mother's like that's just to pay off this loan like good luck right. paying for your mother's health insurance on top of that and anything right. else so i i don't know i felt like the screws were being put to him but i also i was confused throughout the movie and we're about to shift into the next part of it which is really the movie right of whether or not there was some was there like any kind of bonus given to the people that survived the rocks, paper, scissors game, or was it just that their debt was paid off? You know, I, because they said that you could strike even and go on your way mm -hmm. and have the debt paid. And then the other scenario was that you could make a lot of money. I didn't understand that. That was one of the things about the actual game was just like, they took a lot of pains to explain parts of it, but huge other parts of it left unexplained. So it was almost impossible to keep up with it. Yeah. And it definitely felt like people were gambling with their like safety, right? For reasons yeah. that would seem like well, it, there has to be like an additional incentive for that. But I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Because like when, when they started introducing like cash money into the process, I'm like, if you are fighting for your life and the only things that have value are these like star things and getting rid of cards why are you going to bother taking some cash that has no value except if you get off the boat you know what yeah. I mean? so i mean i sort of got a sense of that later when i guess some people were were so safe that they could actually sell some of their extra stars and make some money and then they could take that away uh -huh. which which was sort of weird because you're like no one should feel safe at any moment until the very end yeah of this game. And there were whole groups of people who were just like, yeah, I'm good. 
I know. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like, oh, that that doesn't seem as dangerous as the setup. <laughs> made was, it you know, right. it's like, <laughs> and you feel like, yeah, like an American version is definitely going to be like that's like, uh, oh yeah, it'll it'll turn the, exactly the right. Got to be high stakes poker it, here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. I mean, that is really the thing that uh, is our impulse to get this guy into the game. Before he does that, he does go tell Liu Kang that he's leaving. If he's not back in a week, unhook his mother from the respirator, which is, that's pretty hardcore, and to forget yeah. about him. And it was nice of them to let him, to yeah, to have some goodbyes. I yeah. Think. I was like, oh, that's those are some nice gangsters. They gave him a chance to say goodbye right. to some people. Uh, nice. For a movie moment, it worked for me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> but then the next thing you know, they're like, they're, they're showing up, there's groups of people, there's a lot of different nationalities and ethnicities in this thing. They are, are lined up in what appears to be like the bottom of a parking garage or something. They've got to get an uh, anesthetic in their neck to help them sleep. And it does not look like a very... Uh, comfortable and painless no. shot to receive no. <laughs> it's very no. high tech no these are not rms administering these shots yeah it gets to our hero and uh he fights at the last second before that needle goes in his neck runs to a bmw yep. and takes off and uh that's where you we were talking about this chase sequence it follows which yes i do wonder if bmw pointed up some money because it felt like there were some real product placement shots there oh definitely that's very true how long would you say that chase sequence is? If I had to guess, I would say three minutes. That feels about like what I was thinking. And yeah. again, really, really stylistic. A heavy dose yeah. of uh, computer effects in this sequence. You know, it's not oh, just yeah. stunts. And yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Would be enormously expensive for what is then revealed as just, nope, that's just what ran through his head. <laughs> right. That was just, it was a flight of fancy is what it was. <laughs> he, uh, he does try to flee and uh, yeah. he doesn't make it very far. He gets a blow dart in the neck and uh, the next thing you know, he's out. Yeah. I remember when we were watching that, I was watching this with the, my wife, Peggy, and um, like they go through the whole thing and, and it's like, it, it's like they don't, it didn't happen. It was a flight of fancy. And I just start groaning. I'm just like, oh, God, why did, oh, man, it didn't even happen. And then they start doing it again. And I'm just like, okay, get ready, Peggy. They're doing it again. We're going to watch this whole thing happen yep. again. And then, and then, of course, you know, thankfully it ends before they actually like went through the whole rig and roll again. I didn't know where they were going. But yeah, it would have been uh, interesting if they had tried to just do it again with a slightly different ending or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had no idea. That could have easily tomorrow. been how they, Right. But, but I, I was, I was sort of in the moment I was, I was annoyed <laughs> with the dream sequence. Well, and um, I think uh, yeah. that is, it's interesting to hear you say that because I wasn't that put off by it because it was like, well, at least I got a joke out of it. Right. Because again, yeah. I was expecting, yeah, okay, we'll see a couple of those throughout the rest of this movie. Right. Right. I, I really don't think we do, do we? I mean, no, not to that no, extent like at that. all. And that's what was so interesting to me is because all of that stuff really informs his character. And now mm -hmm. after this moment, he's on a ship. In fact, we see this establishing shot of this big, huge ship called Destiny yeah. floating on the waters. And there is a literal fade out that almost felt like the end. I was like, I clocked it. It was like 35 minutes. It felt like the end of a TV episode. Oh, yeah. yeah and true. in some ways... I don't mind that knowing that everything else from the movie that's going to happen is going to feel very, very different from that opening. Oh, yeah, completely. It's probably the right thing to do. Just like do a complete fade out break 
the end of the first movie you were watching is yeah. done. Now it's time for this completely different thing. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. And so after that, our guys kind of enter what looks like this very sort of grand ballroom that's got like these like little steampunk flourishes throughout in the design, I guess. Yeah. And uh, right. they're as clueless as, as everybody about what's going on. And Michael Douglas enters and makes his big speech. Here is where he did explain, along with the rules of the game. I mean, it's a pretty massive info dump here, uh, and there's oh, several yeah. of those. But uh, he, he explains that they're playing rock, paper, scissors. Uh, I think there's a four-hour time limit on the thing. That's right. But he says, here is where you can all listen to your animal instincts and do what you need to do to win. Welcome to Animal yeah. World and let the games begin. Right. I do wonder, <laughs> like, is this a case where the title came first like how did that you know but knowing that yeah. it's based on and nothing that we saw that it was based upon had the the title animal world in it is this a line that no. they just liked it felt like a bad translation to me honestly. oh that's funny it could like, be, yeah. it, he's the guy that delivers this monologue and and this sort of line I, and i'm sure they liked it and and but it just doesn't have i think the resonance that would sort of justify like this is the title you know animal world animal instincts it's like uh it felt a little tenuous well now brian there was a tiger locked in a cage there so <laughs> there was yeah just to underline that's very true that's yeah very but true. they had the same thing at the mgm grand right so <laughs> and i was just thinking like that never came to anything nope uh yeah wow i just i just realized that now watching i was just like okay i want that 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 tiger's gonna eat somebody right nope, and nope. no no he's just gonna watch uh, yeah <laughs> I mean, that i was 100 percent expecting that to be you lose the game, you get eaten by animals. Like, why not? Yeah, yeah bring it on. Okay, let's yeah. bring Jaws into this or something. Exactly. A couple other things from that moment. I do like, there were some good like little details I thought were kind of cool. The fact mm -hmm. that everybody uses a headset that is providing translation. Oh, yeah. That was, that was so smart, yeah. And if you want to tune into what a specific person is saying... They've all been stamped with numbers on their neck, and so that—that's like and they how just, they just point to them and say, "Everyone, listen to me." And they point at their neck, you know, tune into this number. And yeah, everyone just kind of dials it in. I'm like, oh, "That's genius." I thought that was cool. I, oh man, I, if memory serves, yeah, that it monologue by Douglas is yeah. the last scene of any sort of real length that he is in. Correct. Yeah, I think he has one moment where he executes a guy. That's true. Yeah. And then he's got a couple he's got another like scene where he says interesting. Yeah. He does or, that a couple times. That's but that yeah, that's the last scene of Those are like less than two minute scenes, right? I mean Right. They're... This this had to be like three days of filming. That's what I was getting at. How much <laughs> God, I got I'm dying to know how much he got paid versus how many days uh, of actual work he did. Not only that, because they I, you know, this is supposed to be on a boat. It's very clearly set up that they wouldn't even necessarily have to have shot that in China. Oh, no, definitely Because not. it's yeah. a stage. I wonder if they even, like, if he even had to travel for this role. <laughs> right. They just set a soundstage in Burbank and he, you know, yeah, he, he drove down the mountain yeah. <laughs> to the studio. Nothing I saw in the details said that, you know, the only locations they listed as shooting were, were definitely in China. So uh, maybe yeah. he got a free free trip out of it, I hope. Yeah. But, uh, man, yeah. I don't know. I'm, more, I'm sure. Anybody listening to this ever meets him, you got to ask him yes. how many days did he shoot on Animal World and if he'll at least give a hint as to what he made for that. Oh, I know. That would that would be that, that I definitely have that question too. I, I I just found his presence in the movie fascinating. It was just I loved like it, yeah. you know, yeah, like I thought he was good in it. I thought like what is he thinking? 
what does he think of the script? What does he think of the scene? Did he have any input into the scene? Was he like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if, if, if I, my guy would say this, or if he just kind of came, memorized the lines I gave him and figured like, they don't know what I'm saying anyway. I'll speak the lines as is so I can get out of here faster. Yeah. There, and there was actually a, um, a section of that first scene when he's Michael Douglas is explaining Zen Kaisi's issue to him, like what his his new uh, plight was, where I was just like, he almost sounded like out of it. Like he, he had oh, really? a bad take. Like, yeah, like the words were not, not slurred, but, you know, they were kind of mumbled. lit the whole time he was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, you know, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't know what had happened. I, I, I actually wondered for a minute. It's like, oh, is he like, was he having a moment, like, you know, a senior moment or something like that? I, I didn't know. It was just, it was jarring. But then he brought it all back and he, he seemed super sharp in, in the next, not scene, but the next shot of him. You know what I mean? Okay. But I, I had, I have, I, anytime Michael Douglas was on stage, all I could think about was like, what does Michael Douglas think of this and how's he doing? Yeah. What, what is it? You know, that whole thing. So that was fun to see him. Yeah, it was. I mean, like in some ways it is that sort of typical where a lot of what you think of like Michael Douglas persona comes through in that, yeah. you know, the wall street and even like game and things like that. Exactly. Sadly thought he was showing his age a little bit. He looked a little old to me in this movie. Um, he did. And I did yep. see some of the Ant-Man, the most recent Ant-Man movie when my nephew was here as well. But, and, oh, right. but, and I didn't think he looked as old in that. I don't know. Yeah. I wondered how much of that was just, you know, um, you know, American studios, it's a different knowing... makeup artist. Yeah. And like, like how, how do we, how do we make guys look young? Yeah. They're the masters at it. And maybe, maybe these guys, you know, weren't so much. So, he looked a little rougher on the edges. Well, I want to ask you this. Is it any coincidence that the main bad guy in this movie is American? Yeah, good. that's a good question. There was one other moment where one of the card players is getting dragged off, presumably to his death, where he shouts, you Westerner. And that was how it's translated, which I thought just thought was interesting. You Westerner. Are you even human? He says, are you even human? Which I was like, well, you know, it's interesting that you, you say that because it's like this movie was, was released in 2018, presumably shot in 27, 2018, well after mm-hmm. Trump's election and Trump's whole campaign, which where he was assailing China left and right. And I know that percolated out into kind of the Chinese mainstream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that you're, that it is not a coincidence that that Americans probably right now, especially rich white, you know, male Americans, are, are probably a, a a pretty potent boogeyman for kind of the the Chinese movie going public. So I I, I definitely see that. Which we have to say is is only fair because <laughs> oh, completely. how many decades have we been using them as bad guys in movies, right? Oh yeah, completely. We deserve it by far. It's not the most flattering portrayal here. And we also have the shadowy men behind this whole thing because it's revealed during the game that actually the whole point of this, I I, I think, although there's one other part where I'm just, oh, I have to ask you about in a second, yeah, is so that other rich dudes, presumably white Americans, <laughs> right, right, can watch all this transpire and bet on who's going to win and lose. Although we never right. really get to see that, which I think is a downside. Oh, completely. I, and that was that again. Speaking of like the American version, yeah, I think I think that that would be like totally like a sea story, like mm-hmm. you know where where we see from their viewpoint, you know who do we think is going to win and all that, and they just completely stay above that. They kind of use whatever sort of movie real estate that might have gone towards that, towards kind of creating those, you know, really fascinating, really expensive 
images. Like I think there's this one sequence where the hero is um, sort of going through a moment uh-huh. um, where like the whole world is is sort of readjusting itself because he's he's learned something that's very bad, and it just goes on and on where he's just you know everything is distorted in fairly artistic weird ways, mm-hmm. and and you're like it just goes on and on and on, and it's like you know. I, I feel like in the American version, it's just they're they're going to go straight ahead at, at at just telling this story like a freight train instead of these kind of asides and tangents, right. which is really what they amount to. You know, I, I have a question for you. Okay. At the end of this movie, and not to talk about the ending, but just looking at the boat scene and the game and the rules, how do you think you would have fared on this boat? <laughs> Probably not very well, Brian. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, okay, I'm like when the when the when it started and they're talking about the rules, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm in this, I'm in this. Like, I'm just like trying to get into the mindset. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I could do okay in this. And as it wears on, I'm just like, no, I am a dead man. There's yeah. no chance I'm going to follow any of this. I, I am one of those guys on the floor, like handing in his cards, like hoping that somebody will help save me. Yeah, I don't know if you recall that we went to art school, not math school. <laughs> And uh, yeah, right. not my strong suit. Right, yeah. No, it was fascinating because of the options available with buying cards and trying to strategize and working yeah. as an, uh, an alliance, um, yeah. which those form. You know, and really that is, I mean, we're dead serious when we're talking about the bulk of this. Like the rest of the movie is just watching how this game unfolds. Right. So you've got guys who are coming up saying, uh, you know, hey, let's do this. Let's work together. And they're not being entirely truthful. Right. And, you know, suddenly you've just lost two stars and you've got one left and only like four cards to show for it. And then there's other guys where they do trust that, you know, turn out to be okay. Yeah. One of the best scenes is is the scene where... um, uh, the hero is cheated yeah. because I, I, I thought that was one of the best scenes, not just because the two actors were, I thought really good, but because the stakes and the rules were very clear. So Peggy and I are watching this and we're like, we're following along mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, okay, so if they just do this, like, so one of the rules is, is if two people play the same card, like a two rocks, nobody loses anything other than those cards. Which is what you're trying to do anyway, Which right? is you're, you're trying, yeah, trying exactly. to get rid of your cards, keep your stars. Yeah. Right. And so there are no rules against cheating. So the idea was that if you have two people in league, they could sequence their cards in such a way that they could just tie, 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 or win and lose depending to get their stars mm-hmm. and then be done. And so you're like watching this, this sort of interplay go on and, you know, like I'm coming up with like ideas like, oh, well, he's just going to do this and, and she's coming up with ideas. And it was just like really really fun like suddenly you're in this new game because it's, it's rock paper and scissors only in in its core play but but there's yeah. because of all these other aspects it's like a completely different game and they're inviting you in and it's so interesting i mean it kind of goes downhill from there because so many other things are, are are sort of brought in but those initial moments of the game were just i thought just brilliant i just love those yeah, I thought they were really cool too. I mean, I did find myself wondering at the turn of that scene because the guy does re- reveal himself to have lied about which card he had um, yes. and ultimately plays a card at the end that takes a star away from our hero. Right. That's where I'm like, well, okay, but to what gain? Like, again, like, is this guy just an asshole who's like trying <laughs> to get people out first? Or, yeah, is there like, is he going to make money? And, also, he reveals that he had been here before. Yeah. So that changes everything, too, as far as... Like, yeah, it does. It if does. you're a rookie here in the strategy of it all, 
let's just maybe pick out some things about it and other things that we liked. I mean, there's yeah. just the details, like the people that get eliminated first, I think they, they're sent to what is called a black room, right? Yeah. Where they await their fate. You know, it's sort of like Hunger Games. Like they have announcements like player 71. Has been eliminated. Yeah. That's and they right. go screaming and get hauled off. And then player 42 has finished his cards and is <laughs> safe or has right. made it to safety or something like that. And yeah, and you can just imagine like the the, the sort of psychological effect that would have on the players oh, yeah. still out in, in, in the playing floor. And I was like, oh man. And especially near the end when the playing floor is getting more and more like depopulated. And you're yes. like, how stressful must that be to still be out there and just like sitting and, and strategizing and hoping your strategy works and hoping someone isn't like second guessing you. Yeah, there's that counter, which is counting down the actual number of cards in each group still yeah. in place. So you can see how many rock cards are available and you can see how many scissor cards. Right. And that forms the bulk of their strategy or the, our hero's strategy um, when he pairs up with with Fatty Mang and yeah, Fatty Mang, yeah, and 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 Lee June shows Lee up June, again, yeah. the real estate yeah. guy who swindled him. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I liked all that stuff. It, it yeah. just uh, it is a really different experience. And but there's something to the the simplicity of the game that allows it to then become complex. Right, that, uh, is still inherent enough for you to latch onto it and follow. I think you know as long as you know, okay, they can spell this out however they want to when it's one guy against another guy and they're both putting down cards right you know who's going to be the winner based on what you see and like right. that that's great because you don't have to explain that like everybody knows what wins when you see a paper and a pair of scissors right man without that it would have just like been a, a mess <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> you know? kidding I, and i thought that was that was actually such a kind of a, a genius you know stroke there was to you know turn a child's game into this kind of mm -hmm. really depraved life and death thing. I thought that was yeah. that was such a, a cool twist. That was the thing that kind of just really got me excited about this whole sequence. I, th I wish they had defined a bit better what the bad outcome was because it was sort yeah. of like shrouded in mystery. Like what is going to happen? You know, the, the, the sort of the gigolo swindler guy, he says, you know, when I was here last, I stumbled into what they were doing and they were doing genetic tests or whatever. And you're just like, ah, that doesn't, I don't get that. Like you could still survive a genetic test or whatever. I just wanted something horrific. You know, I, I, yeah. I thought I never got that. It was, it was always kind of rumor and it's this or that. And, and you, if you have a number of people surviving, suddenly that makes everything a little less. The stakes are a little less. Yeah. Yeah. The stakes are a little less. So I felt like they, they did those things. I mean, just the fact that the one guy, the guy who cheats him at the beginning, you know, had been there before. And and we are sort of led to believe that that's that's true. You're like, oh, okay, so this this isn't the death ship that I thought it was, right? Which is not something you want to do with your story. You just want to tighten the screws over and over again until you think that you know no one can can stand it. And and they just they they don't do that. It stinks too because you're absolutely right. And yet at the same time, I like that there's this player that's got an unfair advantage. It's exactly kind of what Michael Douglas was getting at in his fancy way of saying, yeah, there's there's no real rules to this game like however right. whatever however you, you got to do to win that's fair that's yeah it. like there's no cheating it does not exist in this world 
Yeah. We I don't care. Cool. It's just last man standing basically. Right. Um, except it's not. <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, I, was, I was surprised at that weird. too. I almost thought there was supposed to be like a second round. Like you, yeah. know, you have all these people going upstairs. I'm like, and then you have some people getting eliminated and some people can be brought out. You can redeem them. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So the next day is going to be the day where only so many people actually win. And it's like, no, everybody went upstairs are good. And you're like, oh, Oh, okay. You know, it, it was it was surprising to me, and again, it it, it loosened the screws in a way that that I, I wasn't expecting. I think so, and even to the effect, still like talking about what's going to happen to you if you're eliminated, and hearing that they're doing genetic testing. I was still thinking, oh, okay, this is how we're going to tie all these elements together. Like these are the people that are being turned into the monsters that our main hero has ah. kind of been imagining, and we're going to find right. out. You know, actually, like that's part of this world too. Is like people are being turned into animals and like that's going to tie the whole title together and stuff that would have been a cool twist didn't happen but i do want to let's talk about what we do find out which you know aside from the game which you know it has a couple nice twists and turns as well i think you kind of know ultimately our hero is going to come out of this thing safe along with his friends and does again the the beats to get there are great i thought they're really interesting even if i got lost in some of them yeah i definitely got lost yeah there's a a a flashback moment where we're back to that opening shot of the television screen and the clown cartoon and i think it was implied in that although it's still a little shrouded to me that uh, our hero's father was attacked by we do see very clearly michael douglas and his goons And yeah. so I'm guessing that he owed money. I, I don't know. I mean, are, are they saying that the father ended up dying on one of these ships or games or, or did they just kill him then and there? I still got kind of lost in that. I don't know. Did you? I, I did too. And it was like the ending is like to be continued. Yes. Yeah. So I, I was I was shocked to find like, oh, wait, this is they don't usually do that in, in films. I don't think like, you know, it's like the like the Marvel movies are an example that, you know, they're continuations. But just like, we don't know what's going to happen. Something crazy is going to happen for the next movie that's not even planned or whatever. Mm-hmm. But my th- my thought is, is that Michael Douglas, maybe his uh, our hero, Zen Kaisi's dad, was maybe not killed, but was actually went to that boat himself and maybe had a whole story there too. And maybe he's still alive. Well, I wondered... I don't know. I mean, anything's okay, possible. Okay, so walk me through this a little bit. But there is a guy in the... Uh, like in the black room or whatever, yeah. Who they have a whole process where a person can be redeemed right. by another player who's still in the game, and Zhang ends up redeeming this man who's telling a story about his son needing medicine mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. There's no chance just because we did this with Franklin. There's no <laughs> chance that guy is his father. No, I don't think so. Okay. Right? I mean, I, I didn't mean, get that at all. I mean, until you brought yeah. up the idea, I was like, oh, I wonder if we're going to find out that his dad was on this ship. Yeah. I mean, if he, if he was like super disfigured or something like that, you know, cause otherwise yeah. I, he, you know, even after all this time, yeah, they could recognize him. But okay. I just want to ask the dumb American question here. So but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I thought it was like, you know, he was reminded of his dad. And so that's why he had a soft spot for him and redeemed him when I guess he could have kept that and sold those stars for a lot of money and, and mm-hmm. set himself up. And he did because he's a good hearted young man. And if I'm not mistaken, is that the first time Michael Douglas observes and says, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, I think those are his was, last lines in the movie, which he repeats at least twice. Yeah. Good. Cause when he, when he shows up at the very end, and he, he does, is that what he says at the very end? I think it is, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah. okay. Our guys are safe. They win the, the rock, paper, scissors game to the point that they need to. 
and we get the shot. Everybody's coming off the ship and they've got buses and vans lined up to take them back to their lives, I guess, the guys that made it. Right. And uh, yeah. Zane goes to the hospital. He sees Luking. They do embrace here at this moment, right? Yeah, there is an embrace. And I was, I mean, personally, I was like, okay, this is the moment. They're definitely going to, you know, it's going to lay a smacker right on yeah. it. It's like, no, nah, no, they're very sisterly, brotherly kind of embrace. No PDAs in this hospital. No, not, okay. nothing like that. No, yeah. definitely not. And then we cut to credits. I think maybe the to be continued happened. Nope, it, it happened after. There's a post-credit scene. Yeah. Although it's a, a very brief snippet of credits before the post credit scene come up. Right. And we find out that the mother, because I did think it was interesting. It's like, wait, that's the end? You know, we're just, yeah. we don't even see the mom or anything or like, you know, <laughs> right. is, I guess he's going back to his arcade game or, or job. I don't know. Yeah. The mom has been moved back to an actual room instead of a hallway. Was she awake? I can't remember. No, I don't think she did wake up. I think she's still in a coma with a smile on her face. Right. <laughs> Zhang is paged as uh, Mr. Go to Hell because I think Liu King had said that to him at some point. But something draws his attention away from his mother, and it's our tattoo-headed guy yeah, and Michael Douglas with a cane and a hat. And that's when we get the ultimate flashback back to uh, the scene with the dad as a kid. And we see it was Douglas there. And he says, interesting, just like your father. And there's just not enough information there for me to go, well, okay. Like I was just like, well, okay. Right. Yeah. It was, it wasn't a classic cliffhanger. No. no. <laughs> and then stretch. it's like to be continued. Right. To me, it was it, still, I had so many questions about, well, okay, but what about the the guy who imagines himself killing people as a clown? Yes. Uh, how does that? Yes. And I'm asking you, does that tie into this movie in any way related to the story? So what I I took away from that because there's this the there's flashback scene where we see these men rush into our hero's house when he's a young boy and his mom his his mom and dad are there, and they take the mom and dad into this back room and we see sort of silhouettes against you know a, a window a curtained window mm-hmm. of you know violence being done, and our hero is looking at the TV and I took it to be that what he was watching was an anime of this clown character the samurai clown character yes. kind of going going crazy on a subway and so because of the intense violence of that moment imprinting on him he imprints on that show and takes on that character sort of becomes comes to define him because he, he obviously survives that incident and so that is the extent to which Nobuyuki Fukumoto the writer and uh, Han Yan want to tie all that clown stuff with the actual plot and for me, I was like, eh, it doesn't quite get me there. Because it's mostly absent when he's on the ship, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, it's just, I don't, I don't know if he does it, but, but I mean, once like, where yeah. he, he's like, it's like, you know, the clown faces are flashing on his face before he's going to do something. I think that happens maybe Yeah. Once. And there's that sequence where somebody punches Fatty Mang and he sort of turns into a monster in slow motion. Oh yeah. That's but, right. uh, yeah. 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 But like you would think, well, what's more stressful than this? Like basically life or death card game he's playing. Yeah. The clown's got to come out, right? <laughs> right. I, I was thinking that that was something big was going to happen with this clown guy. Yeah. And just, it just, not, nothing ever did. I know. I like, I wanted to see him like you get the little montage of him putting on the war paint and then walking out as a clown 
like you know revealing his true right. self to all these people <laughs> yeah. these card yeah, players like terrified yeah and, you know like essentially kind of like a like a uh, the incredible hulk kind of arc where it's yep. like you know he's his, his true self is coming out and it's terrifying and fearsome yep. and no one knew and what they were he doing is crazy kind of... just like he told us in the opening <laughs> that's right in the very opening. but yeah I, I you know there is just it's not there and I, I wondered if that is is that something from the book that they just took mm. a piece of but decided to go a different direction or or like yeah right. like how much that was into the original source material would be interesting to know that would be so i don't know that that was just like one of the questions i had as far as what felt like a uh, a separate movie in some ways yeah <laughs> <There>. <laughs> completely separate what else sticks out to you anything else we didn't talk about that you liked or disliked or questioned i guess some of the cultural stuff like you know i was a little surprised that there were medical bills you know, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, I I thought like you know, are did do they really are they really putting people out on the street? You know, I mean, if you put a lady in a coma out on the street when she needs all that help, that that they just die? Is that something that happens? Yeah, I don't know. One thing that was interesting. I thought there there were signs in the hospital that were both in English yep. and in in uh, you know Chinese characters, and I'm just like. That's weird. Who's that for? Is that is that authentic or is that for the 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 film specifically or what? Like Peggy was just like. Oh, it's for tourists. I'm like, but in in a hospital and like, I didn't I, I didn't know what city this was in. You know, it didn't really have any big like Beijing kind of signifiers no. or any, any. You know, so I got the sense it was just sort of somewhere in an urban environment in China. I didn't necessarily think that tourists would frequent a hospital very much. So I didn't really I, I didn't understand that. Some of the stuff in that first that first act was just fascinating because it was such an interesting picture of the country. Mm-hmm. One thing this movie definitely. Uh, made me feel was that like I I want to get into Chinese cinema like I just want to watch like a lot of Chinese movies yeah. I want to know like know who these these actors are and the movie stars are because I think there's just like a wealth of really good stuff there that we're just not we're not seeing yet and I think I think I think you mentioned this uh, in the previous podcast maybe earlier in this one that um, you know it's going to happen. I, th- I think they're on their way. I mean, honestly, like Netflix is kind of a good medium uh, or a conduit f- for that uh, because of them being also in the global distribution business, essentially. And yeah. so it makes a ton of sense for th- for them to have something like this and just to make it available to all regions. For the American audience is just sitting right there on your television <laughs> waiting for you. Right. I mean, I was impressed by so much of the technical side of it and... In particular, I thought the acting was was really strong. Oh, I, I thought Lee Yifeng was great. It's an interesting role to pull off because he's he's afflicted and yet smart mm-hmm. and sympathetic right. at times and not at others and young and uh, in over his head and all that stuff. And it still remains fun. It's like a fun performance, I think, from him. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that guy that played Kei Su, uh, or no, that's his name. Uh, sorry. He played uh, Zheng Jingkong. Oh, yeah. I liked him yeah, a lot. Yeah, he was really good. He was like the slick yeah. guy that was uh, the cheat, the first cheat that we run across. And that sequence at the end when the tables have turned on yeah, him great. and his performance there was like, wow. I mean, I, I just I just thought he carried that off perfectly. And, and it was just a really well-written scene. And there were, even though it was hard to follow, you know, some, some aspects of the game, when they really sort of dialed into these moments where there's a real exchange of cards, stars, and everything's on the line. That's when you kind of, you get a sense of the drama yeah. that you're following along, you know what's going on. And it's interesting. Like that was one thing about this movie was that I never saw what was coming next. 
it was just a blast to watch. I, I I would recommend this one with the caveat, like, hey, it's 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 definitely with a made with a different sensibility, but this is a fun one, and and you'll have fun watching it. I think definitely, we need to both host a rock paper scissors card game party, and <laughs> if the sequel yes. does materialize, we'll have you yes. back, and and we'll have to do that one as well uh, for whenever it makes oh, over, over to to Netflix. Uh, what, what, yeah, one question, and I won't say more than this, but. I wondered about the like how legit was the game theory that they were talking about in there. Like I, I wondered yeah. that a lot when I was watching this movie. Like, do they have actually somebody who I don't know specializes in game theory or is like expert in it, who is like a consultant, or were they just screenwriters kind of doing what we do and just kind of making it up and making it sound plausible? I Even if that. they did make it up, I more than once thought during this, like, oh my god, writing this would have been insanely. I, I couldn't do it. Like I could not have done that. I don't think I could oh, just yeah. sit there and figure that out. And then, I mean, it's it's exposition no, at the end of the day. Like it's just being thrown out there right. as is as a rule or a way to play this game. Yeah, your beginner's critic is going to say, "I don't know if this is going to be entertaining. It's too much dialogue, or you know, I got to find a different way to do this." Right. It's cool in this. I thought like it, it is cool to see. So oh, totally. Like I loved it when Michael Douglas was explaining yeah. the rules. I mean, that was like you say an exposition dump. Like yeah. you wouldn't believe, but it was just like. It was awesome. I was like, yes, tell me the rules. I want to like, mm-hmm. let me know what's going to happen. It was, it was great. I thought they did a good job of that. Well, thanks for watching this with me and getting into it. I agree. Like it's definitely, it's an easy thing to recommend. I'd say, uh, yeah, just especially now, if you know kind of what's going to happen, I don't think that's a mm. huge detriment to your potential enjoyment of this movie, actually, in this case, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. It's, 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 well, I mean, maybe a little bit, you know, so sorry if we spoiled a bunch of stuff, but you should, you know, watch this. In movie. terms of the games, we didn't really spoil and you know, no, he's going to win the damn. I mean, true. you know, he's coming out of there alive. Like otherwise, like it's it, not a movie. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And the, and the fun of, fun of the whole sequence is are the little, those little interactions, mm-hmm. those little kind of details that, that, that everything's sort of built on. And, 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 and those will be fresh for anybody uh, going to see this movie. And also it's just beautiful yeah. to look at. I mean, and like, like the, the, Colors, the cinematography, everything is just top notch. It was great to see something, especially I'm still scarred by the keep and how low res yeah. that was. So, so any anything that is um, that is high res, particularly 4K, I'm just like, I don't care what it's like. It, it looks yeah. good. I'll, I'll I'll watch this happily. Yes, indeed. And hopefully, we're gonna get another dose of good looking, interesting movie next week when we talk about another flick from China. But we'll save the title for the tee up. So. Come Excellent. back. Let us know if you've seen this movie or if you watch it after you listen to this and tell us what you thought. And uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Brian, any last words, sir? <laughs> I know you, you do this each time and it always catches me short. Um, oh, we didn't we didn't come up with a tagline, oh, yeah. but I think I have one. Rock, paper, scissors, death. And then and then wait for it. Life. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, I was trying yeah, to think of one. I was like, yeah. it's got to be something rock, paper, scissors, something. But uh, yeah, so mine was going to yes. be the same vein, but I didn't come up with the something. So you did. Thank you. <laughs> Woo-hoo. We, and we're going to do that again with the next one, too. So look forward to that. Right. Yeah. All right, y'all. Appreciate it. We'll talk next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.